The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, August 21st, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Michael Pena. What's up, people? He made his return from the nether region. Oh, no, I hope you didn't say that's where I was at. Even though it fits. That's hilarious. <laughs> right. All right, so we pick up day 16 inside of the Big Brother house, and uh, Riley was evicted by a vote of 12 to 0, and we're seeing everybody sort of deal with the aftermath of Riley's eviction. And... Uh, yeah, we saw a little bit of machinations that was happening sort of pre-Riley's eviction, but we didn't see one sort of major plot moment that inspired nominees in this episode. Uh, apparently, an hour before the live show, allegedly, this is what some of the people in the house were saying, Jag was telling everybody that the vote flipped again to keep Riley as a last-ditch attempt to keep Riley. We did not see that, and I was hoping we were because we had a little moment where Jag and Blue were talking about what was going on, like, pre-live show. We didn't see that, though, so I was like, hmm, okay. But let's talk about this. Your girl, Riley was evicted, and we got to see a little bit of the aftermath in regards to, uh, you know, what was going on in everyone's mind post her eviction. It was interesting to see. My biggest thing that I actually take away from it, one was, damn, how many times it actually went back and forth. And that was interesting to see how that played out. And the fact was, did Heisel not hear anything? Because you don't see any remembrance of him getting upset or be like, well, you know, why would they do this or, you know, what's going on? At least they didn't show it, right? I didn't see any of the feeds, you know, after the fact or as of late. Like, if there's any conversations of that, he almost seemed completely, like, out of the loop, which I found interesting because a lot of people were talking. And to kind of see that potential flip, and then it makes sense with Jag. I mean, Jack's doing his best, right? He's trying to save his girl. He knows it's almost a 50-50, right? And they're going and doing what they can do, and they just can't do it. They want to do it. They don't want to do it. And I kind of like them not doing it because then you have Heistum that's on high alert now, right? You don't want him on high alert if that continues to be their target, which we find out later on, which we'll talk about. He is. But I like the uneasiness that it sets because it shows that the house We've seen in the past, right, where, oh, we're going to flip the vote, and we kind of know, right, it's not going to flip. In this one, though, it was very close, almost like the curse almost seemed semi-close, but that seemed the typical norm of Big Brother. You're going to talk about it, don't do it. 
this one was like hours and hours of conversation having before they decided let's stick with the same boat. And I like to see this trend because I feel like we're going to see a flip sometime this week. And that gets me excited. But when is it going to happen? Not sure. But I love the fact that it's getting less and less 100% like, oh, this person's out. And it kind of leaves the game more up in the air and gives people more of a fighting chance. But I like the way it unfolded. And like you mentioned, I kind of wish they did show that extraness, like what Jag was doing to uh, – I feel like it really would have solidified, like, the chaos that was going on. But, I mean, you got 45 minutes, right, really, of footage to show. So I can see maybe how they kind of rush it a bit. 42 minutes. 42. Yeah, those commercials. I think even a little bit less. I've said this before. There is a writer strike. There's an actor strike. The fact that we do not have longer episodes is mind-boggling to me. The fact that they're airing the Challenge USA twice a week. When they are like starving for content and they could only, they should only do it once a week like they did last year. And they're not allowing for longer episodes of Big Brother makes zero sense to me. Um, I mean, clearly, maybe they're already contracts and they can't change the contract. So maybe it's in the contract, it's an hour show. But, you know, with the strike at, you know, it was like looming when they had announced that it was coming and it was official. Um, the writer strike was official when they pushed back Big Brother, and then the actor strike happened. So you would you would have thought they would have done tweaks or something um, to make the episodes longer because there is a lot going in the house, and I feel like the uh, producers aren't really doing a good job showing it on the actual show that we see because there's like a whole show that's going on the live feeds that's incredibly fascinating but yes a lot of flip-flopping a lot of this and the other i felt bad for matt like i really really felt bad for him like two weeks in a row his closest ally is uh evicted and this time around it was an ally that he was like really kind of feeling in a romantic kind of way I don't know if she was back, uh, based off of the one clip that we saw, like, it looked like, you know, she was like, oh, poor baby, give me a hug, like, it wasn't, didn't seem that romantic to me, you know, but you never know, like, I don't know, you know, if there are other clips out there where they have been talking a little bit more romantic, but uh, clearly he caught the feels, and uh, I felt really bad for him, you know, I, I can't even imagine you know, having not only an ally, but someone who, you know, was doing their best to accommodate you and to fill you in privately on what was going on. Like having, you know, two of those individuals be evicted from the house back to back, it must be, it must feel a certain type of way. Um, because, you know, it, it, for him it's very difficult to understand what's going on in group settings. He's much better one-on-one. And Riley was giving him the one-on-one time to fill him in on what was going on in their alliance and in the house as well. It's interesting you bring that up because, number one, I heard the feedback when they asked for his vote to, to evict. So they had it loud in there when they asked him. Because when you heard Julie talk, you heard her again from his point of view, which is good, right? So they started assisting him. And it makes sense now in the fact that they showed that beautiful clip of him opening up to Izzy and Sarip. And I feel like now 
and maybe he did tell other people, right? But at least it feels like now that he's lost those two people that were close, but not only close, right? But they're like going above and beyond to help him. He's kind of opening the door like, hey, man, people think I'm this way just in case they thought negative of him, right? He's like, I'm not standoffish. I'm not a douche. It's just that I can't hear half the time what people are saying. So he smiles and nods or sometimes he doesn't prefer to talk or he's good with one-on-one conversation. But then there's a lot of people and someone's trying to talk to him and someone else gets his attention. He can't interpret everything and people unfortunately take it negative right like oh he's ignoring me or he thinks he's too cool for me but it's not the case and i like the fact that he opened up to them and i feel like this kind of helps now that once he gets more comfortable talking about it more openly about it and the situations and you know what he kind of needs assistance on a little bit i feel like more of the house is going to kind of go out of their way to help him which is pretty awesome right you want to keep it as even as possible but i kind of like this group because i feel like there's more willing players that will do that regardless of what side that they're on. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. It's interesting to see how everyone is adapting post-Riley in this episode. And I guess I'll just leave it at that, at that because we're going to get deeper into it. Uh, but first, got to talk about the HOH competition. This one is brought to you by... The Humiliverse, it is called Snot a Winner. It's very much in the tradition of like a 60s, 70s game show, but it's a game we've seen in the past. It's the one where, you know, it's, it's, you have to hit a ball down a winding path that's got obstacles and down at the bottom, because uh, it's like a slanted type of situation, there are slots. And each slot has a number attributed to it. The person that gets the highest score ends up winning HOH. It's very simple. This is one of those types of uh, competitions that I would consider to be a, like a crapshoot competition. Because you really have no idea who could win. Like, you could just get really lucky, or you could try to be as strategic as you want and come out with, like, a five, which many of the contestants do get, or at least two of them did. So, uh, yes, we have Hysum as outgoing HOH as the host of the competition, and we're going to go straight to it, because this was my prediction Miss Felicia won HOH. Dun, 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 dun. That was amazing, dude. It's fantastic. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the competition. Um, there's a whole lot of noses and snots everywhere. We're going to get into the punishment in a little bit. But let's talk about the competition at hand. What did you think of Snot a Winner? I like it. I find it a very BB classic game because it's simple to the point and it's on equal footing, right? There's no mental, there's no physical. It's legit pure luck, and I enjoy those a little bit just because it makes it really crazy on who could win. I mean, realistically, what are the odds of Felicia ever winning another HOH or anybody winning an HOH, right? Could be evicted by the time you get another chance. But look, it got one of the most random people to win it, and I love it because she has an agenda, she has a plan. I'm just happy she won HOH because she, I'm pretty sure she's heard the tricklings, or she felt it at least where, like, she can't win anything, she can't do anything, but I'm happy she won. It was a fun little game. It was close. I think someone got 48? Because she got 53, right? She got one of the highest. 
Mm-hmm. Two numbers could beat her, and uh, it was it was cool. I like I like to see the reaction. I, I I I don't know what happened today. I don't know if they've already had the the veto ceremony yet today. This is Monday when we are recording this, and it's gonna. Oh, be I will update you. I up, hell update me live while we're speaking because you never know, right? That'd be really cool. But I like the plan that they set in motion, which I know we're gonna talk a lot later about because it's kind of the main focus, right, of this episode. But I like the game. It was fun. I'm happy to see her win. I bet you were ecstatic to see Felicia win one. I was ecstatic. I was very proud of her. Like, you know, she's just, she is everything. I find her incredibly just delightful. So it was amazing to have her win. She made history. She is the oldest woman in baby history to win HOH, and she's the First oldest person since Jerry, way back when. I believe that was season Damn. 10. Was Jerry yeah. Dan's season? Since Jerry to win HOH. So props to her. She did the damn thing. Uh, like you said, it's a very expect the unexpected type of competition. And I'm just glad that she was able to clutch that win. Like, she she deserved it. She was awesome. It was fantastic, fantastic. The competition, very interesting. Uh, it worked. You know, it's part of the Humiliverse. Uh, it, you know, all the noses and all that kind of stuff. It, it was, uh, I think, pretty awesomely designed. And as you said, it's a competition that we've seen in the past, remixed a little bit, and uh, it worked for me. Um, I will say this, though, if I was going to complain about anything is just because there's so much stuff that happens in the house. Like, I wish that they would have edited this in a way. They could have just, they could have edited, like, everybody talking about, like, oh, well, I grabbed the ball and I hit it. I was trying to, like, do, like, we didn't need to hear everybody strategizing. Like, I'm, let's just be honest. Like, this is a crapshoot type of... Uh, competition where anybody could win like we didn't need to hear everybody strategizing about it in the diary room or like telling us how it's done um i feel like sometimes with the hoh competitions at least this season and in recent seasons like we don't need to hear everybody telling us exactly how you play this game like we only need to hear it once and we just want to watch it play out you know what i'm saying remember when there used to be live hohs like hello like we didn't I need know, to hear man. the explanations of I, like I agree. what is being done because the that time can be used later on in the episode to show us maybe some more of the twists and the turns that are going on in the house uh, like these House guests came to play. They are strategizing. Shit is changing at the drop of a hat in this house. Like, it is going crazy in the Big Brother house. So, yeah, stay tuned, I guess. Expect the unexpected. But that would be my only complaint about it. Um, Outside of that, uh, I thought it was very cheesy in a good way. um, Because it felt very, very old school. And uh, it worked. For me. Now, because this competition was brought to you by the Humiliverse, there is a punishment that's part of uh, the prize. Or maybe in the Humiliverse, the punishment is the prize, and the HOH is the punishment. I don't know. But uh, Miss Felicia 
has to, whenever, you know, she's told that it is snot o'clock, she has to go outside to the set of the game show, a.k.a. the backyard, and she has to stand under a nose and get snotted on. But she doesn't have to do that by herself. She has to bring a house guest along, and actually she has to bring the entire house. They all have to get into the audience of the game show and watch as two of their fellow house guests, one being Miss Felicia, the other being a bonus person, get snotted on. Now, we got to see this throughout like about 24 hours. She did it. She didn't do it with every single house guest, so so there was like a, a limited amount of times that she had to do it. But we would see it happen. Sometimes she would be fresh out of the shower after washing all the snot off, and she'd have to go do it again. It was like the middle of the night once. It was during the nomination ceremony. Another time, that was the final time. What did you think of the punishment? And um, did it look as bad? I think maybe it probably felt bad, because they kept on saying it's very cold, and this, that, or the other. Um, but it looked like it was easily washable. Yeah, it just, it, I thought it was funny. I was like, man, that sucks. You win this great power, and I have this punishment. I was like, that really sucks. That's like equivalent of, like, you win HOH, but you can't sleep in your room. It's like, what the hell? You know, it's like, well, oh, was it the last mm-hmm. season? Was the last season when the HOH outside, but you're still outside. You know what I mean? Like in that little, that side. Oh, yeah. So, oh, no. So the balance here was, hey, you won something, but you won this too. It's like, damn. But it was funny. I liked it. It was entertaining. Yeah, it's got to be cool. I've, I've always heard that about slime in general. It was Nickelodeon. It was just cold, which makes sense, right? You want to keep it cold. You want it hot and nasty and potentially germs growing, whatever. So I'm pretty sure they keep it at a really low temp. But that's got to get tiring. I don't know how many times you did, like you said. But, man. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Wash, take a wash, go back out there. Take a wash, go out there. But it was funny. I thought it was a nice twist. I hope they keep adding these little twists because it makes it more entertaining. It frustrates them more. And it kind of puts their mentality to the test, their little mental skills to the test of always having to do something. Reminds me of that uh, veto competition when they kept getting a wedgie. It's always that adding that little extra thing in the Humiliverse that kind of like annoys you, that picks at you. Mm-hmm. So I, it was a nice addition. And you had Hysum looking like Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. The, the wig was good. Show. It was. I mean, it was bad, but it was good in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I like or bad it. in a good I'm way. Enjoying, I'm enjoying what I see. Hoping to see more like it, which it looks like we are. I feel like they're pulling out the stops on some of these games, which is nice to see, right? So it's, a, it's a nice refresher to see like they're trying in a sense. Absolutely. I can co-sign that. Yeah. Oh, the snot was fantastic. It was good. It was entertaining. It was entertaining, to say the least. So, Miss Felicia is HOH, and uh, the target immediately forms, and the target is Hysum. Immediately, it's the, the target. Like, he is number one in their crosshairs. What so, are your thoughts? I know we're going into it. I'm going to interrupt you, but this is a question for you, Jeff. So I want to hear, you have a lot of great ideas, thoughts. Mm-hmm. We had the discussion last week, but knowing that Heisum is their main target, it's become their main focus of the entire house of every person. What are your thoughts about the conversations they've had so far with both sides of the house, minus Heisum, and your thoughts of having Heisum as a target? 
I still think it's stupid. I really do. You don't consume your own alliance member. Like, you always go after the other people. And I find it dumb. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. I find it really dumb that they're targeting Hysum. Like, why are you going after your own alliance member? I guess they might be really confident because, you know, they did get, you know, a win last week with Riley out of the house. But that's just one person from the other side that's been removed. And you immediately want to remove somebody from your own side? Like, say what you want to say about Hysum, but he's a number for you. And based off of everything he's saying in the diary room, he's down for the professors. So it just seems really moronic and very myopic, so very short-sighted, that they are going to want to target him. Once again, I understand you did not like how he handled himself as HOH. And even this week, when he talked to Miss Felicia in their private HOH meeting, like he was running the show, and he was telling her what to do versus conversing with her about what to do. I get it, but this is the thing that I told Legionnaire last time, and he agreed with me, so I don't know if you're going to agree with me. My problem with how they're dealing with Hysum is that they are pussyfooting around it, and they aren't talking to him directly about how he's acting. At least this, it appears, maybe I, I missed something, I missed an update or something. I don't think that they called him out on it. Like, they had a perfect moment when Hysum had all of the professors up in the HOH room, where he was being dictatorial, once again, he was asking questions, but he was answering them himself. And they could have all said, or one of them could have been like, and they could have done this in a nice way. You don't even have to be a jerk about it because you're in an alliance with him. Like, hey, Hysum, are we here to hear you tell us what we're going to do? Or is this an alliance meeting where we all have input and then we decide on what we're doing collectively? I think had they said something like that, they could have shut him down. Like, they could have been like, I know you're not trying to be condescending, but it's coming off that way. You just interrupted Bowie Jane. You just interrupted me, Cole. Can we all talk? Or are we just here to listen? I think had they said something like that, he would have realized that he's maybe coming off in a certain type of way. One of the things about this alliance the the professors was the fact that they were the older house guests and so you would think that the older house guests would feel comfortable standing up for themselves because that's exactly just what they needed to do and the fact that they didn't and they just have allowed Hysum to continue to do maybe something that he feels isn't wrong because he hasn't been called out on it now they're angry with him and they want him out of the house like, I don't know. Like, for me, it's way too soon to cannibalize your own alliance. But if I'm going to discuss this as a viewer, I mean, it's going to be entertaining to watch. I just, I'm thinking about this as an alliance person. Like, it just seems moronic to cannibalize your own alliance member when there's still plenty of people on the other side of the house. Like, you could keep Hysum around until... You know, maybe the week before jury 
or jury. You know what I'm saying? Like, send them to the jury house, and bim, bam, boom, it's fantastic. Like, there are so many people on the other side that they could target that it just seems so dumb to waste it on your own alliance member. It's only week three. Yeah, Flip on true. your alliance later. So, first thing I'm going to say, I agree with you that they should have talked to him about it. 100%. That's actually a really good point that I didn't really think of too much, but I agree with you on that one for sure. They should have addressed it. My second thing was, I think their fear, which is rightfully sound, so I agree and disagree with you. I see both sides, right? I can see them going after him now. I could actually see going after him a little later. But I think what screwed him was, one, his he took over, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Maybe he saw no one driving the bus. He wanted to drive it because no one else was in the front seat, right? Which makes sense. Nobody well, technically really Suri's in the front seat. It's just nobody well, knows he, it. Oh, but you know what I mean, right? She, he he has the fake wheel. And hers actually works. You know, her pedals, her foot's on the gas. Is on the fake one. <laughs> and uh, so he did that. And number two, I think what was the nail in the coffin, or at least the excuse to kind of fan the flames, so to speak, to get him out, was his conversation with America. Now I think he kind of put this on himself a little bit because he. He played – he's playing too good, and yes, there's such a thing, right, where you play so good you scare your own people, and I think that's what he did because – I'm going to show you here last week. Sorry, I'm going to go on a little bit long, and I apologize. I wasn't here last Thursday, but he is so damn good. When he was in the HOH talking to his crew, answering, asking and answering his own questions, he goes, hey, after this week – we need to branch out and form other little groups within the alliance, you know, just in case we need that buddy or extra something. That was such a great smokescreen to his group saying, hey, this is my backup plan just in case I need an extra alliance member, in case I need them down the road when we have to go after each other, the professors, right? I got somebody I'm good with. And that's smart. That's how you, you took it. Do. I took it as like yeah. the, the cookout. Um, sort of no, playbook because no, basically right, but, but that's, the, that's the smart he, thing to do though because regardless yeah. remember the cookout almost turned on each other having that backup remember those at towards the end they're like no and they, they they're like no we have to cut them and they did it rightfully so right correct that the game plan but that's but sort of here, like how I understood it and so then he went and did it but they got mad even though after well, he okay, said that we, that's what we should do yes and I I agree with you because that's where he screwed up personally gameplay wise was. Or he should have said, hey, I'm going to tell them things. Don't believe what they say. I'm going to branch out part of our idea to go do this thing. Because you don't know if he didn't mean it or not. There's a good chance he didn't, right? But there's a percent chance that he did. Like he thought we weren't going to have an eviction on night one and or the first week of eviction. And we did have it, right? Because it was 0.1%. So yes. having that type of – the way he said the conversation, had he said, hey – you know, I'm kind of looking out. I know we're kind of against each other, America, but, you know, I like to get to know each other more. Maybe we can work along the way. But he told her, I didn't get the pick. The house was already split. This was rally fault. Those people won't be my first choice. Those were the wrong words. And when he like, saw that conversation, I was like, bro, you're playing such a good game. And so, like, I felt that was the nail for him personally. And 
seeing his gameplay kind of go. He's a, like I said, he's a great player. He messed up a little bit playing a little too good, a little too strong, and maybe not being able to feel out his alliance members a little bit. Because I go back to the likes of like Paul or even uh, Dr. Will or uh, I'm trying to remember all these greats right now. You know how they can kind of pick up and sense a little bit like they're feeling a little uncomfortable. He had more conversations. I feel like he's kind of straying off to the side a little bit, or he's not talking to me as much, or we're not really game planning as much. And I feel like those were just his small weaknesses. And I think the group is so scared that they think we can't beat him in challenges. If we don't take him out, out now, we're not going to have an opportunity to take him out later. And I see the positive for Suri in this aspect, or in that, in the group in general, where if they take out a common enemy... It's kind of calling in a chip, like telling him, hey, man, I'm doing this for you guys. Because we don't like the way he's acting. Or Felicia could be like later to Jag or to someone else, or to Matt even. Like, hey, this one's for you. And so he's going to remember that. This has opportunities for them to kind of branch out exactly what Heisen wanted, was for them to now go and branch out and align with people who he wanted to align before Riley split us up. You remember that conversation for the veto ceremony? That's exactly what's going to happen. It just looks like without him. And that's the direction I see it going. I feel like having this either could potentially spell the doom for the for the, for the alliance, for the, uh, I forgot the name, not the bye-bye bitches, but the professors. And them now kind of, each of them bringing somebody in from the other side to kind of work with, whether it be under the radar or a little bit more openly. Ooh, sorry, I know that was a lot, but that's some of the things I wanted to get off even last week. But I'm in it for today. I think it's going to be interesting. I I agree and disagree. Like, I'm 50-50 with you. Like, man, you don't want to get them out now, but at the same time, when are you going to get an opportunity? Or what if the target goes to somebody else? Or what if he builds up the army potentially on the other side, which I think they also feared, was the fact that he's so good if he opens up to the other side and they're willing to bring him in, who says he doesn't turn on them in two weeks, three weeks? He's not that good. The other side doesn't like him. Like, that's no, the no, thing no. that makes but, no sense to me. But, the, but see, the thing is, they don't know that 100%. You can say that all How you do they not? about I, I guess, somebody. Well, I guess that's true. You never know. There's the potential, right? You don't know if they're lying to your face half the time. You have to take it with a grain of salt. True. Like, no, as, as us sort of, like, watching them, like, we know oh, yeah. he hates, they hate him, I should say. So it makes yeah. no sense to me, like, why they would think that they would want to fuck with him. Like, if he is their target, like, if they are pushing for him to get out, why would they want to work with him? Like, that to me also make, doesn't make any sense. That's, you be, that might be the be one clue to... that they should click with, like, oh, they really want him out. Well, then why are we going to give that to him? I mean, give that to them. And you, Why would we want to give that to their side? side? And either side could actually think that, too. And remember, it's not over yet. Because once he gets, if and when, I'm pretty sure he is, gets put up, you know he's going to campaign hard. And he can give some sweet deals. If he can pull this one off, it would be an amazing. This is, like, almost better than Dan's funeral. Because this guy is dead to rights, right? We can almost say 100% as of yeah. today. If there were to vote today, he's gone. But if he can turn it, somehow, granted, you said, yes, they hate him. But 
Remember, a hated player becomes a shield, as you mentioned. That is, and that's the one thing that I don't understand about Sari. And I give props to Sari. She's afraid. I give. She might be afraid, but I give props to. I give props to Sari because I know that she is a survivor legend. She was fantastic on the traders. But this is where, you know, maybe the Survivor gameplay is not aligning with the Big Brother gameplay. Because he is the biggest shield that she could potentially have. And I'm going to bring in some stuff from the live feed. Cameron Ooh. has already been talking about getting Suri out. He has been conspiring with Corey and I think maybe even with Red about talking about the fact that Suri is running the game. And that everything goes through Sari, and that Sari is calling all of the shots. So if Cameron, who did not even watch Survivor, is already figuring things out, and he's talking about how they need to get her out mid-game, like, and, and I think she feels comfortable with Cameron, like, your spidey senses might be off, Sari. I'm just saying, like, you need to wake up, because Hysum is the biggest shield you'll ever have in this fucking game. And you're about to shred that shield. It'll be interesting to see. We gotta see it play out, right? I mean, you can, whether she was wanted to or not, you can tell that everyone likes her. Everyone talks to her. She makes herself a target whether she wanted to or not. She made more so, right? By having all these types of conversations. And then people always talk, oh, who did you talk to? Oh, Suri. Oh, Suri. And it just happens that way. And they know they got to go after that side. What would be interesting, I know this is not going to happen, it's hypothetical. What if, let's pretend they put up Heisman, and then they get wind that, oh, shoot, Cameron's after Sari. Does Sari, even with the pissed off Heisman, vote out Cameron? Like, that would be kind of nuts to see, like... No, he you'd have a... to vote out Hysum. Based off of his one-track no. revenge mindset, you saw how he That's was with true. Riley. Oh, no, no, you, There's no right. way in hell Hysum can stick around. If they do not get that man out, he is going to destroy all of them, and he <laughs> will 100% target Suri and that make would be, her I mean, life I hate it, a living hell. But... That would be awesome to see how that would unfold. Like, I, I mean, as a, as a TV viewer, yes, it would be interesting to watch. Dude, to and based off of the fact happen. that I haven't really been enjoying Ceri's, you know, gameplay, I'm like, you know what, maybe this will wake her up and make her realize this isn't Survivor, this is Big Brother. Like, I think she's right. used to the faster pace of Survivor than the slower pace that she's experiencing. But you also got to remember brother. this. When she's on the traders, she's on survivors, you get, like, time away, away from people, right? Like, and the castle's all over a big-ass castle, right? Survivors, all over the island. Here, you're stuck within a house. Mm -hmm. And you don't go very far. So it's very And one episode is actually one week versus, you know, at least on the traders, I think one episode was a day. I don't know how yeah. it is on Survivor. Like, is one Survivor, episode, like, maybe two or three days? Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's about a, a day. Or, they, they sped it up since it used to be a lot longer than they cut it because of COVID. It's about all, essentially, like, a day now. Okay. But when she played, it was over a couple, when she played, it was over a couple of days. Yes. Okay, but still, it's less time than Big Brother, like. Yes, yes, it was probably, like, every, it seemed like every two to three days and they voted somebody out. It wasn't 
every seven days. Every seven days. So maybe yeah, which is a huge difference. It is a huge difference. So maybe she needs to maybe continue on with you know her tricks that she's learned from Survivors and the Traders, but she needs to start thinking about it as a slower game because I'll tell I'll tell you this. I hate to interrupt and I apologize. It I feel like Izzy is partly at fault at feeding at – I'm going to call it an ego. I don't mean ego in a negative way, but always feeding into Suri's thing, like information. Like, I see some of the lies. and like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's, no, no, you're right, Suri. Yeah. Like, like a yes man. There we go. Mm-hmm. It's too much of a yes man. And everyone has that person, whether it's un- unintentional or intentional, has that yes man that doesn't help you. You need the honest person. Like, I don't think so, man. Or let's think about it. Like her, I think her son's great at that. Her son, Jared, remember a few times, like, oh, no, no, oh, no, we can't look at this. And they, they're good for each other in that aspect because they could be honest. You have Izzy who's too much of a fan in the alliance, thinks of the world, stalks her, knows who the son is. It doesn't benefit her game in that aspect of having her attached to the hip, which, again, she seems like, like, damn, she won't leave her alone sometimes. And I feel like that's why Suri ends up going with Felicia a good amount of the time to kind of eventually, like, Izzy will get the hint and go, or Izzy will get tired and leave because it's two older people talking. But, yeah, that's what I think. I feel like that Yes Man doesn't help Suri, so I feel like it feeds into the her ego, her fear, and doesn't allow her to think rationally straight. But I still think she's playing an okay game, but I agree with you. She's playing too – now, she – they're all, right? Every good player now you see is playing a little too quick. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I just, I still don't, like, I'm never going to be down with this whole, you know, let's go after Heism. To me, it just makes no sense. Like, I get it. He rubbed you the wrong way. You, all of you should have, like, spoken up about it. Like, you guys let him do his thing, and now you don't like it. And you didn't like it from the beginning, but you let him. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, wrote, like, I hearken back to, and I mentioned this before, I hearken back to season six, the first Janelle season. James did something that pissed them off, and they sacrificed him. Uh, they allowed the other house to, uh, did they themselves, or was it the other side of the house? I don't remember, but he was put up, he was evicted. And then slowly their little alliance crumbled to that crappy alliance called the Friendship. And I'm just a little worried that that's what's going to happen with the professors. Although, I mean, there is a new uh, alliance that was created with half of the professors and half of the other side. So maybe they'll be fine. Maybe Sarif feels comfortable with, um, you know, what she's doing. But, like, who's to say that even that alliance is real? We remember the Phalanx Five? Like, somebody thought it was a real alliance, and then it really wasn't, so. One of the worst alliances said out loud in Big Brother history. Yes. All right, so outside of all of this stuff, there is a showmance brewing. And when I talked about it... Last time, not last time as in, like, literally last time, but, like, when I first mentioned it, I was kind of digging it, but I'm not anymore at all, and I will explain why. So, 
for the first time on the actual show, we got to see that Blue and Jared are feeling each other. And we got a little cutesy, romantical type of situation where, you know, we're we're seeing them together and it looks like a little bit of a flirtmance, maybe showmance is happening. Now when I was like thinking about, okay, what are we going to talk, how are we going to talk about this on um, the podcast, I sort of thought of this in one particular way, but then stuff happened last night on the live feeds that made me go in a different direction. Like, I thought it was going to be coming on the podcast, and I was going to be like, okay, sure, they're kind of having a flirt mance, but Jared has said that he's only doing this strategically that, you know, it's part of, like, gameplay, that it isn't fully, fully real, and this, that, or the other. But then last night, they kind of professed that they're falling for each other. And I was like, oh, Lord. And then even more truths have been coming out. Apparently, Blue was dating someone for, like, two weeks. And so she's kind of in a relationship when she entered the Big Brother house. Jared has been dating a woman for several years. And he's still what? with her. Allegedly outside of the house. Yes. And wow. so this is like a cheating type of situation, which I'll be honest, I don't really like cheaters. So I'm not down with this. Um, I'm watching this as a show now, but I'm not really rooting for them. Like, oh, yay, they're adorable. They're in love. Um, apparently, the woman that he's dating... Here's the thing, because I don't really feel bad for her, because uh, you got to love BB Twitter, because they do a deep dive in people, like, once they know who you are. Apparently, via some of her tweets, she has said uh, the N-word, and I, I don't know if it's other racially charged language, um, but apparently she drops the N-word with the A. So, when Jared was talking about how he knows white people that use the N-word... And he's kind of okay with it. I guess he was talking about his girl. Because his girl's a white woman. And apparently she drops the N-word. And this, that, and the other. Oh, man. So it's like a whole Weird. situation online. Um, like, the, the community is split. Like, some of them are like, I'm so sorry that he's cheating on you. And then other people are like, she's trash. Because she drops the N-word. And I guess that's who he was talking about in his that's diary like, I'm session. sorry, but you're trash. Exactly. It's like, uh, you know, now everyone's like, okay, now we understand why you cried when Luke was expelled, because maybe he reminds you of your girlfriend. But anyway, oh gosh. He cried when he was expelled? Yes, he did. He admitted it to Blue. Anywho. Okay, well, I mean, everyone's different, right? Everyone's, you know, we don't know what he thinks or what he was going through. So Everyone is different, but it's, yeah. it's a situation. So apparently he has been with his girl for like, se like seven years, or at least several years. I don't know if we know an exact number, but yeah. several years. Blue, it's a more recent thing, but now they're both feeling each other. The other thing that bothers me about this outside of the cheating situation is that Jared has been hinting at Blue or hinting to Blue, his secret. He has told her that he has a secret in the house that the public knows about, that he's been on another show, knows uh. reality TV people, that his mom is in Connecticut and that his dad is in Jersey City, that his mom really knows reality TV, and he recently told her that his mom has been on a couple of reality shows. 
I don't know what the fuck he is doing, but he is being a complete and total moron. Like, I would say that he was clipmatized, but he's not had sex with her yet, so he can't be, like, pussy-whipped. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what his problem is. And he's been lying to his mom about what he's been telling Blue. Like, it is just so fucking stupid. And it's it's annoying the shit out of me. So there is that side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that Jared, in his talks with Blue has been having some of the cringiest, like, I don't know, I don't think this is a Generation Z thing, so I don't know if this is a generational thing, because I'm a millennial, I'm very proud, even though we're getting old, but anyway. I don't know if this is a generational thing, I don't know if it's a Gen Z thing, I don't know if it's that he's, maybe has misogynistic tendencies, but the conversations that he's had with her, and this is a woman that he's talking to now for two weeks. He's only known her for two weeks um, in this house. Like he, like, he asked her what her body count was, and then he went into this whole really cringy conversation for, like, literally about two or three days where he kept on trying to get her to tell him how many men she has slept with. And it turned into this entire argument on BB Twitter about, like, why are we talking about body counts? Because he was coming uh, with the mindset of that a woman basically should be pure and that she should have a low body count. But it's okay for a guy to have a, a large body count. And then he was talking about how, you know, if if a guy and a girl go on a first date, that it's okay for the guy to sleep with the girl on the first date, but it's not okay for the girl to sleep with the guy on the first date. And then I'm thinking to myself, who's the guy fucking if he's not fucking the girl on the first date? Like, I'm just so confused. So it's okay for the guy, but it's not okay for the girl. Like, he has very, like, when when he starts talking about men and women, like, he has very, like, 1950s mindset of, like, a woman's chastity and purity when at the end of the day we're in the year 2023 and anybody can fuck whoever they want to fuck at least that's just my opinion but anyway and you're not you're not even dating her so why do you need all this information anywho like i can understand if you're about to date someone and you want to have serious conversations about sexual history and that kind of stuff but you're not even dating this woman like did you need to like know if she has a low body count to make her even more attractive to you like i just don't anyway so that's a whole different conversation but BB Twitter had the conversation because they were having the conversation, and it was hella cringe and disgusting. But anyway, That's all right. I believe it, you said it all. <laughs> yes, because there was a part of me that I was like, I was like, oh, they were cute last week, and then once I started actually paying attention more to their conversations, I was like, yeah. he is being very cringe with her, and it's just revealing on who he is unfortunately. and also, That's what happened, and also right? but also <laughs> revealing who his mom might be like how okay, dumb okay. are so you m- minus the type of guy he may be while dating he's getting very dumb he almost wants to use it to like get in her pants maybe right like, you know what i'm saying no you yeah. are right and i hate to interrupt you but i feel like it's almost like a seduction type of thing in his mind like Oh, you want to know who my mom is? Like, she's a big deal, and she's running this house, and now you're going to hop on my dick because you're going to be so hot and bothered and turned on. And I'm like, what? Or he's trying to use that as, like, yes, clout. I've been on these shows. You want to be on some other reality shows? You know, my mom has the end. I have the end. 
Because he's already then, trying to convince her to have sex in the house. Like, he, yeah. was, he was trying to convince her that in the HOH bathroom in the shower, the cameras can't hit you. And um, apparently, Big Brother veterans went to Twitter and were like, there are many people who think that the, the cameras can't get you in the shower, but there are no blind spots. Yeah, and the point is for, one, I think, all of safety, and two, it's like, they want to see everything that happens, see your conversations, and if you do the nasty, they're going to catch you. Yeah. It's just... Like, not, man, mm. it's looking like, if he, if, if it gets out, Blue will tell, 100%. Because it'll be a good ammunition to form an alliance or to get to go after the other side or something to that effect. If she finds out his game is done, or at least his mom is for sure done. You know what I mean? Because then now you have two people that will never vote for each other and guaranteed a jury vote. You know what I mean? So, how are you so stupid? That's what happens when you have a lot of, you think you're with the wrong head to begin with. And number two, when you have a lot of downtime. He's showing his uh, his rookiness, his inexperience in this type of game show. Not just his inexperience, and his inexperience in life. How the fuck are you cheating on your several yeah. years girlfriend on a show where there are cameras on you 24-7? Yeah. That's, That's just nuts, dude. I, like... He mentioned on. He also mentioned on the show that he was picked up when he left to go to Big Brother from his his house with his girlfriend. I don't know if he's living with her. I don't know if that's if she her name's on the deed. If he's living with her, he's gonna end up finding his shit in the yard. Like, and she should start throwing that shit out in the yard right now. I'm just saying. Like, what the hell is going on? He's not thinking, man. Not thinking. Unfortunately, just like some of the players are just there, they're just not thinking. Yeah. It's... And if he outs his mom, I I just... Gonna be the big one, man. We gotta watch out for the, the big brother watch is officially on to see not if he tells her, when he tells her. Because at this point, it's just a matter of time. Not a matter if. It's just a matter of when. You can call it now. 100% he will leak it. I would put that bet in Vegas right now. I'll put the deed of my car. I had a house. I'll put the house too. He will spill it. Calling it now. Right. It doesn't have to be to her, but it, the highest chance is her. But I guarantee he's going to spill it. 100%. Listeners, you heard it here first. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's just, it's so damn dumb. There's a part of me that wonders if Sari is like, why did I have to come here with my son? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She has well, actually I mean, been giving yet, him right? advice. Like, common sense advice. Like, you need to shut up. You need to, maybe not in that way, but, like, you need yeah. to be quiet. You need to stop talking as much. And he, I don't know, maybe he's one of those types where he's like, I'm a man, like, I'm a grown-ass human. Like, yeah, my mom can tell me shit, but I'm going to do shit my way because I'm a grown-ass human. He might be that type of person, and it is... Mm, uh, we know those mm. type of game players don't get very far, man. Yeah, that mentality doesn't serve you best. It is. This... Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, moving away from them. 
Because if we would have talked about this last week, I'd be like, oh, they're, they're adorable. This week, not as much. Not as much. Okay, so um, let's see. So we've talked about the target, and pretty much the rest of the episode is just making sure the target happens. Once again, props to everybody, because this really is going to be a blindside. Like, like as far as I know, like I don't think anything has changed in regards to anybody tipping him off. But the fact that you can keep a secret in the Big Brother house, and that everybody and their mother knows the secret, but the target doesn't know the secret... Like, that to me is shocketing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not just shocking, it is shocketing. It is, yeah. it is, it's flabbergasting. Like, props to them for zipping it up. Because usually this type of blindside can easily be revealed. And the fact that everybody is just whispering about it and not saying anything, and that Heisem is incredibly comfortable... I mean, that's incredible. Like, let me just say who ends up being the nominees. Like, Miss Felicia ends up nominating Jag and Cameron for eviction. She ends up telling them throughout the episode, like, my true target is Highsome, but I'm going to be nominating you, and this, that, or the other. And she even tells us, you know, if, if Highsome ends up getting picked for the veto and he wins it, like, I'm fine with Jag or Cameron leaving. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I like You that. know what I'm saying? But these are sort of like the, the fake nominees, and the goal is to backdoor Heisem. So that is the plan. And Heisem even says at the end, like even throughout the entire episode, like he's all like, oh, I love my professors. Like, you know, we won. I'm safe. You know, I'm good. Like, oh, I'm so good with Miss Felicia. Like, he's, he's so comfortable. And the comfort is going to come and bite him in the tuchus. Dude, I'm waiting for that veto ceremony to drop already. I, w- I want to see the result. I want to see the, the live feed aftermath. I'm ready. Right. Yes. But you're going to have to wait a little bit because it hasn't happened yet. But I do have an update for the listeners, at least, you know, on what they can expect in the next episode. So let's get into what has been happening on the live feeds. So Felicia, Cameron, Jag are going to play for the veto, of course. And Izzy, Red, and Corey competed as well. So Hysom was not chosen. Jag end up, ended up winning the veto. And so clearly there will be a replacement nominee But so much happened over the weekend that was batshit crazy in the damn house that you would have thought Hysom was not going to be the replacement nominee. So two two plans ended up being created. Although there were more plans, but these were like the two plans that ended up happening, uh, or ended up being finalized. The first plan was Heisem was going to be the replacement nominee. The whole house was on board. Heisem would be blindsided, and uh, that would be, that's like plan A. The second plan was that they were going to go after America. I don't really understand why, I feel like uh, it was some sort of, uh, um, 
a, a bit of uh, rumor and conjecture that they felt kind of like America was playing all sides, and so they found her as a threat. But even before America became the backup plan, like there was like there were conversations where it was like, let's nominate Red, let's nominate Bowie, let's nominate Nicole. Uh, and they would circle back around <laughs> to like, no, what? let's nominate Red, let's nominate Bowie, let's nominate Nicole, uh, let's get Cameron instead, let's get America. Um, there was a, one of the the people online were like, they're about to nominate Julie, you know, because they were just throwing out everybody's names. <laughs> like they were going crazy with like the names. Like they were just, they were going ham. With they like, had to be bored. They must have been. The paranoia also. We have to remember the paranoia. Uh, but yeah, like they were naming everybody. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, what about the plan of like either of them getting out? You know what I'm saying? Like Cameron or Jag. I mean, Cameron is still up there. Like, why isn't he the target? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just very strange to me. But they ended up settling on America. And for a moment it looked like it was going to be America. But then the plan once again flipped back to Heisem. So as well, of maybe, right now, they're still in the veto meeting. Uh, the feeds went off uh, apparently at 1.43 p.m. Big Brother time, a.k.a. West Coast time. So they have been in this meeting, or the cameras have been down for about three hours. Which means... A lot is happening, man. Maybe shit went down. Yeah, if it's, they're off for this long, stuff is... That's normally what happens, right? When it's off for a long time. They're, they don't want to spoil what they're going to be showing on the episode, because it's going down right now. It has to be. Yeah. So, my assumption is, I think once again, my 99.999 is going to return. I was wrong the last time, but I feel like I'm right about this time. I'm 99.9999999% sure Hysum was nominated. And Hysum has a big mouth. Uh, like, it's not even that the house doesn't know that it is split, but I feel like he's going to out the alliance. I feel like he's, oh, yeah. he's going to out... I don't know if he's going to out that Cerise in charge because I feel like he thinks he's in charge. But I think he would fake it in his mind because in his mind he's like, I'm the leader. But in his mind he's going to pass off the leadership to Cerise. I wonder if they didn't fear him outing out the alliance because they already know the house is split. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a secret, but maybe what they discussed or other little details. I could see him just spewing everything out to kind of save himself a bit. Not in a negative way, right? No, if totally. You information to, like, hopefully save yourself, right? That's what he's going to do. I'm just, he's going to use gonna everything. He's going to use yeah. everything in his arsenal. He's going to use every single conversation yeah, that he has had with each of them, and he's he going to expose it all. He survive. He, he could chance, survive. Man. This game he, is not called Survivor, but he could survive. <laughs> I agree. He could. Like, he could piss the other side off with information that he has. I don't know how much information he has, but if he has any information, he could use that to piss off the other side of the house. 
and he could stay. Maybe like we have seen people like that stay. You know, people that are if he can convince mm -hmm. them that he was loyal until they backstabbed him, he would pledge his loyalty to that side to go after him. But the only issue is he is up against Cameron. You know what I mean? I feel like that hurts him a lot to get the other side to keep him because they've been with Cameron since the beginning. It's really hard to bring in a new player. Granted, though, if I was the other side, that fury like he used on Riley, even though I hated him for that, I'd rather have the en that enemy on my side going against the other alliance that one he knows and B is stronger than. But the feeds are back. Heisem is not happy. Oh! This is why we, we waited. We extended our conversations for this one moment. Very good chance. I'll let you say it. What's your prediction right now with Heisen not being happy, Jeff? I believe my 99.999% was correct. Yes. Um, I, I can't even watch any of this stuff because we're currently recording a podcast, but, uh, <laughs> but apparently shit's going down in the Big Brother house. Um, so, yes. So, Heisem is not happy. Oh, hold on, hold Did on. Miss Felicia is saying next week America and Bowie need to be on the block. They are snakes. Ooh, Bowie. And he and Bowie. Miss Felicia saying this to Sari, to Izzy, and to um, Chicken Jag. <laughs> Red. No, Chicken Jag. Oh, he's he's in a chicken yeah, costume. It's it's a thing. Oh. We'll see it on the next show. Oh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. But then again, Why? I mean, let's be honest. Miss Felicia saying this right now in 24 hours. She could be saying something very different. A thousand people, this but house, you're hearing it live. This who house is, is cracked out in the best way who's, possible. Who's the, who's the nominee? you got to say the official replacement nominee. Who is it, Jeff? No, just because I don't have official confirmation. It, no, I just saw a tweet. You, it doesn't matter. You go for it, man. You oh, it has it. to be high information. There it goes. You heard it here first. We don't need any additional convo. You look at someone, you know they're nominated. Yeah, they, he looks pissed. That's all you need. You know that man not mad unless something didn't go his way and something definitely did not go his way. Yeah, no, that's 100%. Mm. So it appears as if Heisem is the replacement nominee, which, get ready for fireworks. Thursday. Oof. Cannot come quick enough. I hope they don't do this bullshit where they keep the, the veto meeting until Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we need oh, to see yeah. the aftermath of this shit. I, 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 if anything, I hope they would speed it up to share the aftermath rather than wasting time on Thursday. I feel like there's going to be a lot, right? And that gets me upset, too. It bothers me real quickly. I, I get that complaint, too. Where I feel like they drag it on because, oh, we have to have the veto as the last thing to happen. But it's like you have several days in between with a lot of good content that's being left out for better storytelling or more backstory on what's going on because it has to be. we got to close that box and end the episode. No. Why can't it be like in the middle? Let's get that good content set up for Thursday. Yeah. I just read another tweet. Heisem is about to explode. <laughs> so okay. Heisem is nominated. Yeah, it's it, it hasn't been confirmed. It usually no, takes confirmed. a moment because, you know, people – nope. 
Well, I know what you're saying, but it usually takes a moment because people, you know, you have to hear the conversations, you have to hear the context, yeah. but based on how he's acting, once again, I'm going to bring out my 99.999%, it looks like he has been nominated, and he is not very heavy Ooh, I wonder it. what the speech was like. I'm no, I know a little bit of that. the speech. Uh, Miss Felicia oh. was practicing with Jag. Uh, apparently, Hysam had said something about, why would you take out a pawn when you can take out a king? Uh, so she's going to say something to the gist of that. Ooh. Initially, she was going to say, I nominate you, Hysam. Why take a pawn when you can take out a king? And Jag was like, no, 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 no. What you need to do is you need to say that first. Because if that's exactly what he said, he's going to feel comfortable that you're going to make a big move to like someone <laughs> that you feel is a king. But then when you say his name, like that's gonna be the shock and so oh. <laughs> I think Miss Felicia is gonna go for the shock and so I think she's gonna be like well now I have to choose a replacement nominee and you know maybe she's gonna say something to the gist of I was once told you know why take out a pawn when you can take out a king then we get a zoom in on Hysom's face and we hear the that that noise that happens the type of noise yeah or maybe the snake noise that and then she's going to be like, Hysam, please take a seat. So what's crazy, if Hysam is in fact voted out, we'll find out Thursday night, that will be back-to-back HOHs that were taken out the following week. Oh, no, Miss Felicia, you in danger, girl. Maybe, but she's not so much seen as a threat. Remember, this was a luck cop, right? True. No, no, no. no. I'm just teasing. You know I mean? I'm just teasing because of the pattern. Know. True, no, true, but um, do you imagine that would be that would be kind of hilarious? But nobody's gonna want to be like, HOH. I know, right? Everyone's gonna throw it. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Take my chances being nominated and winning the power of veto, then winning that HOH and being gone next week for sure. Exactly. Mm-mm. Hey, so there is no Nether region this week. Well, I, mean, I don't it. think there needs to be another region every week. You know, because remember, there are you know four what? universes. You don't want to tire it out. No, it's a good point. No, it's a very good point. You don't want to tire it out. There are also four universes that need to be expressed. And, and the scary yeah. verse was sort of like at the forefront last week. So the Humiliverse is at the forefront. And it's going to come back again for the next HOH comp. Potentially, or could, or it could be BB Comics. What is it? Scary verse. Well, remember, they're doing the pressure cooker, the scary pressure cooker thingy. Oh yeah, it is. That is true. It is going to so, be uh, a that, that, scary verse pressure cooker. One, yeah. So. so okay, that'll be interesting to see. Well, whew, that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. We said a lot today. Got our opinions agreed, disagreed, but I like where the conversation was going. I just like the fact that the content is good enough to where we can go in either direction and kind of see where this game goes. So at this point. It becomes a coin flip where we saw favorite, you know, to win the game. All of a sudden, like, man, they're going to be the first ones out. Isom, great potential out. Riley, another one out. Sari, potentially, within a couple of weeks or sooner, out. So, it's, you know, it's funny. It's almost a Survivor way. Because in Survivor, the best player, 99.9% of the time, never wins the game. And even on Big Brother, right, we can almost say that. Where the Truly, we, I feel at least. The best player does not always win, right? It's just the one who survives to the end. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see right now how it how it goes. Because at this point, man, you're just gonna you're gonna you want to be a follower that doesn't get nominated. It almost seems like that's like the mo people want to follow. 
a bit, but it's kind of hard not to when you get opportunities to advance your group, and you're going to see who actually has each other's back. That's what I want to see, who actually has each other's back, because personally, if I was the other side, I would have voted Riley, even though she was leaving, because what I get, I hate unanimous votes when they don't want it, because what was, there was no, uh, there was no consequence to voting to keep her, because they knew that's who she, they wanted. What were you going to do? Piss them off more? No, you're right. I made this uh, this, this yes, point in, um, I don't think it was when you were here. I think I made it when uh, Legionnaire was here. With me. No, Maybe you said it was... in the beginning of the, we first did our podcast, we had spoken about it. Well, no, 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 no. Um, yes, no. In general, what we're saying, yes, but the, this specific point, there were 12 oh, okay. people voting last week. It was 12 to 0. They could have done a split vote. Like, they could have oh. voted their hearts because six people were going to vote against Riley. Six people would have voted to save her. And at the end of the day, it just would have forced Hysam to oh, okay. break the tie. And yeah. he would have broken the tie to to a victim. No, I'm not saying making it worse. I mean, they could have made him work for that eviction because he would have had to have stood up and been like, I yeah, break the tie. I vote to evict you, Riley. Like they could have done that. They didn't it. need to make it unanimous, is what I'm saying. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think Matt should have voted for her. I was like, his position at the very least, change. I think. But she yeah, did say, a... you know, vote with the house. Yeah, I don't like that. If I ever get on Big Brother, well, some strange way, I'm like, nah, I'm voting my way. And then watch you see me on there. I'm gonna vote with the house. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Julie, I'm voting with the house. Hey, Judy. You look great. I can't see you. Everyone's been lying to me for years. I would love to say that. You look great, even though I can't see you right now. Bye. Yes. And forget to vote. I'm just going to say that and walk out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Get your vote. All right. Still to come, we've got, well, even though we know it, but we're going to see the power veto play out. We're going to see how Jag wins it, why he gets a punishment, and, uh, you know, we're going to 100% confirm the replacement nominee. And then Thursday, the live vote, the eviction, and the pressure cooker. The return of the iconic pressure cooker HOH competition, but with a scary verse twist. Now, for those out there, just a quick reminder, pressure cooker. It is a glass enclosement in the backyard you have to hold on to a button you release that button you're out uh, I do remember there were incentives to release the button if, if I'm not mistaken I feel like the first couple of people maybe became have-nots or maybe they got punishments but then there were luxury prizes that you could win if you let go like they, they were yeah there was random boxes they chose yes. from as they let go or that's what it was, yes. And so, uh, you know, there are temptations, but and it was a long competition. Like, it really was. I don't know if, if these house guests have it in them. We'll have to wait and see. But it is an endurance-style competition. And we're going to see who really wants to be HOH. Will the other side win and take out... You know, um, you know, one of the big guns of the professors slash bye bye bitches. Will someone that's playing in the middle 
win and also target the professor of the Bye Bye Bitches? Or will the professor slash Bye Bye Bitches, you know, survive after this week and still cannibalize their own based off of what Miss Felicia said earlier today? Um, stay tuned. Really expect the unexpected this season. It is crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. All right, Michael Pena. Is there anything else? Any final words before we wrap up this bad boy? No, I think we said everything we needed to say. I thought it was going to be a shorter episode, but we got on a nice little run there. So great stuff. Great information. I want to see if our predictions are true. It's going to be a hell of a week, and I cannot wait to see it. Yes, and just to you know, just to officially confirm it because it has now 100% been confirmed by BB Twitter. Hysum is the replacement nominee. Bum bum bum. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's gonna be crazy. It is gonna be nuts. But we're here for it. Expect the unexpected. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer, my co-host, my fellow house guest. Please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually. Good night.